May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'll bring you all greetings from the people of St. Stephen's Church in Richmond, Virginia, another very large church that has long admired you. Your beauty and excellence in ministry is something that really shines throughout the United States and beyond as a, a model to emulate. We're grateful for you, and I'm, I'm most grateful for the invitation from your rector to be here. There's an old uh, Peanuts comic strip in which Linus approaches Charlie Brown and says, Charlie Brown, do you want to know what the trouble with you is? And Charlie Brown simply says, no. In the next frame, the two just stare at each other silently. And then Linus says, the trouble with you, Charlie Brown, is that you don't want to know what the trouble is with you. I guess there's some truth in that about every one of us. Sometimes we're in denial or too prideful to want to know what the trouble is with us. That's true some of the time. But my experience as a parish priest all these years, decades, is that most people who have come to talk with me are actually all too aware of what troubles them, what they believe is wrong with them. In the words of Psalm 51, with which we began this season of Lent, I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. The bigger problem for many of us is not that we're in denial, but that we are too acutely aware of what troubles us, what we believe is wrong with us, and what is wrong has started to define us. But if you've forgotten what's wrong with you, the Episcopal Church in Lent is all too happy to remind you. That's the, one of the functions of the Litany of Penitence, which is a pretty exhaustive list of ills, every one of which fits my life. Now, unfortunately, one common way we deal with what troubles us is that we can become like Linus. We are all too ready to point out what is wrong with somebody else. And when our attention is centered on what's wrong, either in ourselves or in others, this just means that that pearl of great price goes unnoticed. The buried treasure, it remains buried in ourselves and in others, because we're so focused on what is wrong. And the deepest truth that all human beings are sacred bearers of the divine image 
capable of miracles when we love. This treasure, it remains hidden in the field of our own lives and those of others. That psalm with which we began Lent, Psalm 51, concludes, the sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. My sense is that even if today, in this troubled world we're living in, we are momentarily distracted from what is wrong with us personally, most of us are plenty troubled in spirit with broken hearts about global atrocities that are most certainly ever before us thanks to modern technology. And this Lent, I'm convinced that Jesus isn't inviting us to go into our room and shut the door and pray in secret so that God can punish us and remind us of the ways in which we've fallen short. Instead, Jesus says very clearly, we're invited to go into our inner room, come with him into the wilderness, go into our room, shut the door, and pray in secret so that, so that God can reward us, heal us. When we are alone in our inner room, in our wilderness, it's true that demons inevitably arise, demons of pride, shame, all sorts of temptation almost inevitably arise, inviting us to beat ourselves up or to find fault with other people. But as I want to consider with you in the forum this Sunday, today, and next Sunday by way of Zoom, some of the earliest Christians understood the wilderness not just as a place to worthily lament our sins and acknowledge our wretchedness, in the words of the Book of Common Prayer, but more importantly as a time to anchor ourselves and recenter our lives in that beautiful truth about who we are and how we were created to be with each other. It's important to remember that, that this story we just read about Jesus being led into the wilderness is intimately connected to what happened immediately before that, his baptism, his overwhelming felt sense of union with God. It's right after that, immediately, the Gospel of Mark says, the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Baptism and wilderness, these things are meant to be held together. And so our, the first three words of our gospel today, after his baptism. These two things being together is not the Spirit's way of saying, all right, enough of this touchy-feely stuff about baptism. Now it's time for you to get in touch with your darker truth about yourself. No, it's the opposite of that. The Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness right after his experience of union with God, not to change the focus of his intention, but to sharpen it, 
so that the, this truth that he's just experienced about who he is and how he is to live could sink in more deeply for us over these 40 days of Lent. Yes, there's evil in the world, and yes, we are all too aware often of what troubles us, what's wrong, and of the many ways we fall short of the glory of God which is within us. But there is a danger that we will center our lives on what is wrong with us and with the world, and we will allow our lives and our understanding of the world to become defined by what is wrong. And we'll forget who we truly are, and that in the words of George Manley Hopkins, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. Whatever is true, St. Paul wrote, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, pleasing, commendable, whatever is worthy of praise, think about these things. Center your lives on these things. That's what Jesus was doing in the wilderness centering his life on the revelation of God's truth and goodness in him and in all other human beings. And notice what Jesus did right after he emerged from the wilderness. He begins healing people. What he experienced in himself, in other words, he naturally began to shower on others and he kept saying to anyone who would listen that in spite of appearances to the contrary and this life under the boot of a brutal Roman regime, he kept saying, the kingdom of God, it's here. In this gospel, in Luke, it's within you. This time of international agony leaves little doubt about what's troubling us. Lent is our time to enter the wilderness with Christ, enter our inner room, shut the door, and pray in secret in order to return to the one who heals us, encourages, strengthens, and infuses us with all that is true and lovely and gracious, even with what is miraculous here so that what we know is true within us, we can then turn and offer to those around us. You've heard it often. Fred Rogers, who devoted his life to caring for children, those to whom Jesus said the kingdom of God belongs, Mr. Rogers said, you know, when I was a little boy, and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You'll always find people who are helping. She might as well have said, God is at work in the world. God's in the helpers. Look for them. They're always there. And if you look long enough, you'll find yourself becoming one of them too. Today, if we look in this way, we see an astonishing power and an inspiring glory, signs of what many are calling 
momentous changes coming in the world order, not only through large-scale political alignments, but perhaps primarily through everyday people like you and me. There's a very large banner at the train station in Poland, just over the Ukrainian border. It reads simply, you are safe here. Welcome. Residents in other bordering countries are flocking to their borders as well with soup and bread and tea, holding handmade signs, welcoming refugees into their own homes, banners and signs that are all essentially saying the same thing all around Ukraine. Come unto me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. The very thing that perhaps you and I should be saying to one another more frequently. Because as Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no hands, no arms, no legs, Christ has no body in the world but yours. Yours is the body with which Christ goes around blessing the world. And amid illegal anti-war protests across Russia, a 76-year-old woman last Ash Wednesday, one of the last survivors of the Nazi siege of Leningrad, a folk hero to many in Russia, this 76-year-old woman, somewhat frail in bearing, was arrested on Ash Wednesday. Physically frail, ushered away by big men in uniform because she was holding up a sign written in Russian, soldier, drop your weapon and you will be a true hero. At times this past week, the helpers have often seemed miserably helpless. That advice of Fred Rogers has seemed terribly naive. But as this frail elderly lady was ushered away by powerful men, it was hard not to conclude that once again, God was choosing to show us what we call the power of the cross. how God has chosen what appears to be weak in the world to shame the powerful. And so this Lent, we are entering the wilderness with Christ. We're going to our, our inner room and we're shutting the door, we're praying in secret, not just so that we can get in touch with what troubles us, but so that God can heal us and put us in touch again with the truth and this miraculous way in which he has created us to be with each other.